1: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates national average 12 month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary, discounts not available in all states and
2: situations. In order to play every game, you got to train really hard. So I got to train really hard at 44 years old, which is a big commitment. And, um, you know, to try to make those decisions are have their challenges and it's not like it was when I was 25 but I don't think any of us feel like when we were 25 but thankfully for for good reasons there's parts where I'm happy I'm not 25 and there's other parts where I wish I felt I was like a little more like 25 but you know I have a very complex uh, tricky life in, in different aspects and just trying to navigate it the best way I can.
1: Just a little snippet from Tom Brady. The GOAT met with reporters for the first time in the 2022 offseason on Thursday in conjunction with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' mandatory minicamp. He hasn't been around very much for the offseason program, but the mandatory minicamp is something that nearly every player in the NFL shows up for absent an excuse or some sort of contractual issue that causes him to stay away. And it was refreshing to see him made available. There's no specific rules i don't know shereen you know those better than i do good morning shereen williams by the way but it was also nice to see the assembled reporters because my my hopes were not high all due respect that he was going to be asked some of the questions that he really needed to be asked but he was so i was happy to see that
3: well and for, I want to go back a little bit, Mike, speaking of 45 and 25 and all this and wish you a belated birthday two days ago. No, that's because that's
1: unnecessary. I'm, the moment is past. Well,
3: no one celebrates more than I do, I think, when, when it's your birthday because then we turn the same age again. So so I am happy that, that you are the same age as me now. But yeah, Brady, Brady's going to celebrate another birthday before the season starts, Mike. So he's just getting older and older by the day. And as you and I both know, you feel that age day by day as you get older
1: i will say this i thoroughly enjoy those three months out of the year during which <laughs> you are my elder and i thus respect you as my elder but now no more respect because we're the same age at least until next march but but thank you for that it was uh it was a good day it's been a good week in some respects, in other respects, it's been horrifying and tragic, and as it relates to our ongoing national discourse. But we're not getting into that today. I will say this before we get back to football, stick to sports. The response yesterday to Chris Sims and I going slightly off the rails on the Jack Del Rio story and expanding it to include our thoughts and our beliefs very strong beliefs about the current state of our discourse, and the abject disregard for truth. 90-10 was the positive wow. reaction via email. I thought it was going to be wading through hate all day long. They were few and far between. So uh, we appreciate the support out there. And a lot of people who watch the program, Sky Sports in the UK and Ireland, But I, I think it was 100% there on our side. So uh, that that was good. That was refreshing. N- not as refreshing, though, as seeing 44-year-old Tom Brady have to squirm a little bit, just a little bit, as he was asked some questions about some of the things that have happened in his fairly eventful 2022 offseason. Let's start with a little back and forth. I believe Ira Kaufman of JoeBucksFan.com was the one who asked the questions about Tom Brady's relationship with now former head coach Bruce Arians. Have a listen.
2: Can you clear the air maybe on your relationship with with Coach Arians? Was there there any substantive issues between you two at the end of the season? Zero whatsoever, yeah. He and I have a great relationship, and I think that's, you know, part of why I chose here was because of Bruce. I mean, he and I have been as incredible communication, and, you know, I have great respect for him. And um, he knows how I feel about him. That's the most important thing. And I know how he feels about me. Did those reports bother you, Tom? Because they didn't portray you in a flattering light, some of those reports. See, I don't read a lot of them. So I think part of just there's a lot of things that aren't right that are said. And I think the thing is you come out and try to respond to everything that's not right. You know, you don't have to be right very often. You know, it's have to be right every so often these days. And I think if people click on it, then, you know, you read more of it, and obviously they're clicking on it. So it's what people want and what's talked about. and It may not be accurate, but that's okay. I mean, I don't make every pass either, so I don't complete every pass. So I understand not everyone can get it right all the time.
1: Tom Brady trying to shrug off his concerns or lack thereof regarding what was said about his role in specifically engineering, some believe the ouster of Bruce Arians. And I'll go back to the night that Tom Brady unretired after a 40-day break from football. I was told the next shoe to fall is Arians will be out as the head coach. I was never able to nail that down. But 17 days later, it nailed itself down. Arians was out as the head coach. And, Shereen, before we go any farther with what Brady said yesterday, we have to keep in mind the statement that he uttered last year while appearing on LeBron James' show The shop. What I say versus what I think are two totally different things. I would say 90% of what I say is probably not what I'm thinking, which is challenging, you know? And I really admire people that actually can do that and say what they think because they invite a lot of things into their life. And I think part of me that doesn't like conflict, so in the end, I always try to play it super flat. So, With that context that he gave us last year, what'd you make of what he had to say yesterday?
3: Oh, Mike, and I would say that's probably true with more than half. I was trying to think of the percentage, but I will leave it at more than half of the NFL players and coaches in this league. I would say that most times when they talk, they don't tell the truth. And on the other hand, I think when you look at Bruce Arians, I would say he speaks his mind. He is one of those who's going to be 90% of the time he probably tells you the truth and 10% he doesn't. So I'm very conflicted by this whole thing about, I have so many questions about how this played out because Arians is never afraid to speak his mind. If truly there was a rift, why did Arians leave and not say anything? Why wouldn't he be mad at this point and speak out? Is it money that's keeping him from being forced out and keeping out what how did that play out? And when was it decided? When was Brady told that when he was coming back, that Arians was leaving. That's another question I have. And and I would like to ask, I don't think that question has been asked to Tom Brady. When were you told that Bruce Arians was not coming back as your head coach? Because as you've written several times, there was no real response from Brady after he was told that after Bruce Arians announced that he wasn't coming back. So how long did, did Tom Brady know? So I think both of these things could be true that maybe Brady wanted Bruce Arians out, but maybe Bruce Arians wanted to leave too. I think both of those things could be true.
1: Well, first on Arians, I think he has signed on to the narrative that was crafted for him so that he could walk away on his own terms as the champion, as the hero. It just doesn't make any sense that he dog-paddled his way through the bulk of the offseason, free agency, scouting combine, and then all of a sudden he's out. He would have stayed if Blaine Gabbert was his guy, but he's leaving when Tom Brady is there to maybe give him a shot at the Hall of Fame, and he claims he wasn't interested in the Hall of Fame? Sure, Jan. Sure, he wasn't interested in the Hollis. Sure, sure, he's not interested in winning a second Super Bowl and possibly setting himself up for a bust with a Kangol hat in Canton, Ohio. Sure, he's not interested in that. I think that he knew it was happening, and he had two choices. He could stomp his feet and scream and yell and and make it an ugly departure, or he could accept... The narrative that someone crafted that made him look like a hero, like a champion, doing the right thing, doing the noble thing, handing the baton to Todd Bowles at a time when Tom Brady would be his quarterback and not Blaine Gabbert or whoever else they would have gotten. The other thing, too, is it relates to Brady. When Brady says of Arians, I think that's a part of why I chose here was because of Bruce. Okay, fine. Then why weren't you even the slightest bit upset? The example I used back at the time was what if Drew Brees had unretired from the Saints and then 17 days later, Sean Payton says, I'm out. I'd like to think Drew Brees would have been like, what the hell? I'm back. You're leaving? At least some display of consternation instead of, no big deal. Yeah, okay, okay, fine, okay. Come on, come on. So I, I, nothing that was said yesterday makes me feel any differently about Brady's role in nudging the piece of ice out into the water with Arians on it. Again, informed by his own admission that in order to avoid conflict, 90% of the time he lies about what he's really thinking, Shereen.
3: <laughs> well, <clears throat> Mike, and I do wonder why it took 17 days. And you go back to Bruce Arians, you talk about scouting combine and all that. He showed up at the owners' meetings and then left, and then announced that he was departing the team. So that's that whole thing. The way it played out is just so weird to me. And again, I would like to know when Brady was told that Arians wasn't coming back. And and I think that's a legitimate question to ask Tom Brady. Again, probably won't get the truth since ninety percent of the time he says he doesn't give the truth. But I would at least like to pose that question to him and pose that question. To Bruce Arians and pose that question to Jason Light. When did Brady find out that Bruce Arians was not going to be his head coach if and when he came back to the team? This whole thing is just weird. And, you know, you've seen his presence at OTAs and everything else that's gone on. It's just a weird thing. Thing, the way this has played out and, and what happened. And we may never know the truth. Again, it might be the book that comes out, your book that comes out in 10 years from now that we do find out the truth, but I don't think we're going to find out the truth this season.
1: The standard approach I take when it comes to a mystery like this that could either spring from conspiracy or incompetence. I love a good conspiracy, but usually the best explanation is incompetence. I'll say this, though. It was genius if it was planned that Bruce Arians would keep his intentions pressed close to the vest until after the league meetings. Because if he had left before everyone in the league gathers in Florida for those annual meetings, maybe some of those answers would have been obtained. Maybe there would have been an aggressive effort, chatter, rumor, scuttlebutt. Ownership is there have a few drinks, loosen the lips a little bit, sink some ships, maybe some truth bubbles up if people know to go looking for it. Nobody knew to go looking for it. It was timed perfectly. He was there and left during the meetings themselves. And it was later that same week that the announcement was made. Very calculated, very deliberate, handed to Sam Farmer and Peter King simultaneously, The release comes 15 minutes later. The press conference is the next day. It's all very orchestrated in the delivery. So why wouldn't it have been orchestrated in the planning, in the timing, and avoiding creating this vacuum of information and having everyone go to Florida and try to fill it with facts during those three days that everyone's gathered for the league meetings. I think it was genius that they did it the way they did. It's confounding because maybe we could have gotten to some real truth but they did it in a way that made everyone completely unaware that there was any truth to go find, Shireen.
3: Yeah, it's exactly right, Mike, because Arian's there and then the the media availability comes and all of a sudden he's not there. He's gone. And so there wasn't that opportunity to ask him those questions. And if you had gotten that opportunity, maybe some of the truth would have come out again. Bruce Arians is never afraid of speaking his mind. And and I think, you know, at some point, maybe he reveals exactly what went on and maybe he doesn't. Maybe he wants that to seem like that's a great relationship and maybe it'll become a better relationship. Maybe they'll go play some golf and, and bet on some golf and things will be peachy. But I do think there was some conflict there, whether that led Bruce Arians to leave. And that was the reason that he left. I would like to think and hope that the real reason he left is, as he said, was to give Todd Bowles a chance to win a championship. He's been very good to minority coaches. He's been very good to female coaches. Uh, I'm going to miss that about Bruce Arians. That's the biggest thing I'm going to miss about him because he has taken on that role of leadership to help those guys, help minority coaches uh, get to where Todd Bowles now is as a second chance as a head coach, which a lot of minority ch- coaches never get that opportunity. So regardless of how it played out, Mike, that's the good news. Todd Bowles gets his second chance as a head coach, and I think with this team's, he's going to do a very good job, has a chance to win a Super Bowl, a- and show that he is a really good coach. And I do think he's a really good coach.
1: One last point very quickly before we move on to one of the other offseason season controversies involving Tom Brady something you said just made the light bulb flash in my brain Bruce (laughs) Arians left the league meetings before the NFC coaches breakfast which has become less breakfast and more press conference think of how awkward it would have been and how weird it would have been if he goes to that thing and they ask him a bunch of questions and he answers them as if he's going to be the coach, when he knows damn well, he's not going to be the coach. It was weird that he was at the scouting combine answering all those questions as if he's going to be the coach and, and supposedly, supposedly knew he wasn't going to be the coach. I still think at the time he thought he was going to be the coach. What's he going to say at the coach's breakfast? They ask him some question about the draft. <laughs> I'm going to be the coach. So it doesn't matter. I mean, what's he going to say? So you say nothing. You ghost the thing. You leave. So I, I, think it was, I think it was crafted. I think it was deliberate. And they pulled it off. They pulled it off because yeah. the story never got the traction that maybe it should have. The other story that never has gotten the traction that it should. I continue to believe that week one, Sunday Splash Report for ESPN and NFL Network, it will. Tom Brady potentially becoming first a minority owner then the starting quarterback of the Dolphins with Sean Payton as the head coach, something we've been all over since the end of February. Here is Tom Brady being asked about whether and to what extent he had discussions this offseason with other teams such as the Miami Dolphins.
2: Tom, um, any to the reports that uh, at some point uh, you were interested in becoming uh, a part of the Miami Dolphins in, in any Situation in any circumstance. Any truth to those reports, Tom? About me going to... Or joining the Dolphins in any capacity? I mean, it's... Again, I had a lot of conversations with a lot of people, as I've had for the last three or four years in my career, about, you know, different opportunities when I'm done playing with football. So, um, you know, I kind of made a decision of what I'd like to do. And um, I'll, be, I'll get to be in the game of football. And I think for me, the most important thing is where I'm at now and... You know what I hope to do for this team that's that's been my commitment to you know this this team and organization it's been so much fun for me to come here two years ago it's been almost two and a half years now and uh, it's been an incredible part of my football journey and it's not over and we still got a lot to accomplish so I got a long life ahead and um, you know there's a lot of fun things to do ahead I'm looking forward to what's ahead um, in football but at the same time you know none of us are promised much beyond what we have now and This is the current moment, and I'm really excited about going out there to try to compete and win a championship.
1: It's funny to hear someone who's 44 say I have a long life ahead. He is about, (laughs) what, two months away from the moment he wakes up, because I remember this moment vividly. When you turn 45 and it dawns on you that you're halfway to 90, that's the eye-opener, baby. So, Tommy, Tommy, get ready, baby. It's coming. August 3, I think it is. You're going to wake up that morning and you're going to say, holy shit, I'm halfway, sorry, halfway to 90. I did that. And it didn't dawn on me until the day I turned 45. Now I'm halfway to 114 and I don't care. So, um, uh, Dan (laughs) Levitard has been all over the fact that this Brady to Miami story has not been a gigantic deal. And it really feels like the Shefties and the rapaports of the world have deliberately avoided it because they've added nothing to it. They got scooped. Hey, we got scooped, so we're just going to act like it didn't happen. I truly believe that's been their attitude. One of the biggest stories of this or any recent off season, the kind of stuff that's truly journalism, because in this sport, the true journalism is the stuff they don't want us to know. The insiders traffic in The stuff that's coming out. The transactions are going to be announced. So, hey, we're going to give you a five-minute heads up. Here it is. We're going to report it. We're going to disclose it. We're going to announce it in five minutes. That's not journalism. What journalism is finding out the stuff they don't want us to know. They didn't want us to know Tom Brady was going to Miami. First to be a minority owner and then potentially be the quarterback. They didn't want us to know Sean Payton was going to Miami. That it was done. That it was a done deal. The details had to follow. But it was happening, folks. I can't say it any more strongly than that. It was happening. Peyton to Miami, Brady to Miami was happening. Until Brian Flores filed his lawsuit on February 1 and the plug got pulled like that. It was happening. And nothing Brady said yesterday changes the fact that it was happening. And I think that's why he was restrained and he kind of very gently changed the topic into saying, I, I've got a lot of life to live, or whatever. He 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 got away from it very deftly because he knew. He knew he couldn't draw too hard a line in the sand because it was happening.
3: You know, Mike, he talks about 90% of what he says is not truthful. He is the best filibuster in the <laughs> NFL. I mean, he gets up there. It doesn't matter what the question is. He's going to answer whatever he wants to answer, and it may not even be related to the question that was asked. And you see that in his answer. He starts out kind of answering the question and then just goes off somewhere else. And I think he figures the longer he talks on a on – a, a subject, whatever he wants that to be, that the fewer questions he has to ask, and guess what? He's right, because he's only going to stay up there. I remember after the Super Bowl, he was only there for, what, five minutes, I think it was, for his media availability after winning the Super Bowl two years ago. So he is great at that and just rambling and not even answering what the question is. But when you follow this timeline, it just makes so much sense to me. Like, I can't. I I can't make out the Bruce Arians timeline. Like, why it took 17 days. Like, I don't get that. I get this one perfectly, the matchup to the Dolphins. You're going to retire, so you're going to have this goodbye from the Buccaneers, goodbye, and then you're going to go become a minority owner and then the quarterback of the Dolphins. Like, the timing of all this makes perfect sense. And Brian Flores threw such a wrench into the Dolphins plans and into the Texas plans, and you just think about how different things would be for the Dolphins and how different things would be for the Texans if Brian Flores doesn't file that lawsuit. It just would have been totally different to have Sean Payton. You, you would still have Bruce Arians as the head coach of the Bucks. You would have Sean Payton as the coach of the Dolphins. Mike McDaniel would still be in San Francisco presumably but you just think of all the parts that would have changed if Brian Flores hadn't filed that lawsuit. And to me, this is the biggest part of that because when you have Sean Payton and you have Tom Brady, I I nothing against Mike McDaniel, he's just unproven at this point, but I certainly would take Tom Brady for a year or two over to a because I think the Dolphins have a team to win a Super Bowl, and I'm not sure Tua is the quarterback to do that. And the Dolphins can't be certain that he's the quarterback to do that either, and they were looking elsewhere. So they certainly don't believe that he was the guy, certainly, to do that. But now they have him, and that's what they have, and would have been much better off with Sean Payton and Tom Brady, obviously.
1: The one other wrinkle that – would have occurred, but for the Brian Flores lawsuit, a completely and totally unproven Josh McCown, unproven in any capacity as a college right. or pro NFL coach, a football coach, excuse me, he would be the head coach of the Texans right now. So yeah. you're right. Peyton would be the coach of the Dolphins. Arians would be the coach of the Bucks, McDaniel would still be with the 49ers, and Josh McCown would be the head coach of the Houston Texans if Brian Flores doesn't file that lawsuit. And I remember the day he filed it thinking, Why would you do it now? Let nature continue to take its course. Let the Dolphins hire someone. Let the Texans hire someone. Let it lock in. A little more more evidence to support your claims grow and and develop. And I, I have yet to be able to prove this. It's just kind of a weird hunch or just kind of a guess. The lawsuit was filed the day that it was specifically to blow up. Stephen Ross's quest to get Sean Payton and Tom Brady because Brady was going to be announced as a minority owner of the Bucking- of the Dolphins Excuse me, the following week in the run-up to the Super Bowl. That was step one. Step two was getting Sean Payton from the Saints. But, but the plan was in motion the following week, and I can't help but at least wonder whether Brian Flores filed the lawsuit the day he did, Shereen, just for the purposes of keeping Stephen Ross from having this, this vision of his come to fruition. We'll never know the answer to that, uh, but uh, it, it does fascinate me. And, and it is fascinating to think of what Sean Payton and Tom Brady would have done together in Miami. And that, to pin it back to the other point before we move forward with the prospects for the football team this year, the fact that Tom Brady was essentially retiring from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Bruce Arians for a new beginning with Sean Payton... That makes me feel even more strongly that two years of Bruce Arians was enough for Tom Brady. Not that he dislikes him personally, but professionally. Bill Belichick, for all his flaws as it relates to his interpersonal skills or lack thereof, he busts his ass, he's there, he's engaged. He's all in all the time. Sean Payton busts his ass, he's there, he's engaged, all in all the time. Arians was basically half-retired last year. Yeah. And if the stuff from Rich Ornberger, and this is why I think Brady should have addressed the Arians stuff a little more full-throatedly at the time. It wasn't some reporter looking for clickbait. It was a former teammate of his that got this whole thing started, that he and Arians have issues, because Arians would swoop in and mess with the game plan after he's riding around in the golf course, a golf cart all week while Brian Leftwich and Tom Brady are getting the offense together. So it... it it makes it all make more sense that Tom Brady was going to glom onto a guy who works a lot more like Bill Belichick. And Bruce Arians is not that guy.
3: Well, and you know what, Mike? Not going to Miami and staying in Tampa, I actually think he has a better chance to win the Super Bowl where he is because he remains in the NFC and not in the AFC. So it's funny how those things work out. But I do think this gives him a better chance to, to win another Super Bowl than it would have if he had been in Miami, even with Sean Payton, considering how the AFC looks.
1: I agree with you completely. It's the Rams and it's the Buccaneers right now as the class of the NFC with the Packers possibly in the mix if they can resurrect their receiver room fairly quick.
0: BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, archaea energy and starting up new infrastructure in the gulf of mexico it's and not or see what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in america
1: the buccaneers uh, are a team that continues to try to get better last year it was about holding everyone together. This year, they've let some guys go, but they've gone out and they made some moves to try to improve the roster. Here's Brady on the manner in which the Buccaneers have improved as a team heading into 2022.
2: In, in a lot of different ways, I think that's a good question, and it's a good opportunity for us to all kind of evaluate where we're at and what we need to do better. I always feel like there's things that can be improved on um, in different areas, and I think how I evaluate myself and my teammates is very different than how other people would. So, Are there there any examples you could point to? None that I would really want to share, you know, because I think those are very uh, personal things that I'm trying to work on and I'm trying to let the competition figure out. And I'm trying to let the competition figure out about my teammates as well. But I think we have a lot of communication between us about where things were off and where things were – and obviously they have their evaluations, but you realize – Watching, you know, looking around, they're not often very right either. You know, other NFL teams, they're wrong a lot. You know, there's a lot of people that um, are misevaluating things. So it's probably put you in a best position to succeed if you evaluate things properly. And, um, you know, that's hopefully what experience and wisdom can do being in this game. That's why wisdom and experience and people being together and continuity is really important. Not to continue to do things poorly, but to continue to try to do things, you know, in a better way.
1: And he's right when you consider that most teams change dramatically from one year to the next. The more you can hold it together, the better off you are. Not that it helped the Buccaneers get back to the Super Bowl last year. But but look, here's the reality. You get yourself into the mix for the postseason. And then for the most part, every game is a crapshoot. And you hope that you can navigate the two or three rounds necessary to get to the Super Bowl, and then you hope you can make it work out in the Super Bowl. But the, the margins, Shireen, are so thin by the time you get to the postseason. And, you know, the Bucks had a chance to beat the Rams. If they had beaten the Rams, they very well may have won the Super Bowl. So Brady knows from experience that all, all, all you can do is get in a position to, to knock hard on the door, and that's what they're trying to do, is to be able to knock on the door and maybe kick it in and get him – Number eight, before he moves on to whatever he's going to do in 2023.
3: Yeah, you know, as many Super Bowls as Tom Brady has won, he knows as well as anyone that some health luck goes into this. And they had so many injuries last season in that secondary, Mike, and you saw what happened against the Rams. Now, we could say at the end of the game, maybe they made some mistakes there. Maybe the defense wasn't exactly right. All of that on that play. But perhaps if they had had their full complement of secondary players there against the Rams, they stopped Cooper Cup on that last play, and and maybe they even win the game before that. Maybe they're better in the secondary um, than what they were in that game. So you have to have some health luck, too. It's not just having the great quarterback, and it's not just having a, a really good roster with all 22 starters back that's going to get you over the hump. There's other things that play into it because, as you said, Mike, the margin is so thin there. And when, two years ago, when the Bucks started out, you think about those Saints games that they lost. They didn't look like a Super Bowl contender at that part at that point in the season, but it all came together in the postseason. They put it all together. They had some health luck, and they won the Super Bowl. And that's what's going to take again this year. But when I look at this roster, this roster to me looks as good or better as it did two years ago. I mean, I think the guard position they've upgraded with the trade for Shaq Mason receivers. They have so many receivers. They've improved the secondary, and and now – if they have injuries in the secondary, maybe they'll have to go out and sign Richard Sherman, who's over the hill, who just kind of gets you by. They have some guys there who can actually play. So I love this roster. He's going to have a chance. The margins are thin. It's better they're in the NFC because, as you said, Mike, it looks on paper. It's the Rams and the Bucs. But I really like this team, and, and, I, and I like their chances of being the NFC representative in the Super Bowl.
1: When you think back to how the season ended for the Buccaneers with the furious comeback, tied the game, and then the all-out blitz that Matthew Stafford picked up and threw the ball to Cooper Cup for the very anticlimactic field goal that gave the Rams the victory, there are some Buccaneers fans who aren't thrilled with the fact that Todd Bowles was rewarded for that call with the head coaching job. So – uh. I think they are hoping that they will not see more of the same in 2022. And that is the one thing, to take it back to the beginning before we move to one player who has yet to re-up with the Bucks, To take it all the way back to the beginning and something we said when Bruce Arians stepped aside. Let's not take for granted his value as your game day head coach because the coaches who stand out are the ones who screw up. The ones who make bad decisions. The ones who go for it on fourth down when they shouldn't or don't go for it on fourth down when they should. The ones who mismanage the clock. The ones who ice their own kicker. The ones who become the talking points and the laugh lines the following day. It's never Bruce Arians. He never screws up game day. Has he ever been a guy, and I've been thinking about this from time to time, has he ever been a guy that we lead a Monday discussion by saying, "Well, that dumbass screwed everything up, or his team would have won."
3: That is a great question, and I, I every game that they've played is kind of going through my head, trying to think of one when they messed up. The only one I can think of is the fourth down, Tom Brady, but that wasn't on Bruce Arians; that was on Tom Brady. So. I, I can't think of one, Mike, when, when he screwed up a game, when we started questioning. I'm sure there's one in there somewhere, but they don't come to mind right away of something that he screwed up. It's a great point. He was good on game day. Very, very good as a head coach on game day.
1: Uh, very good on game day as a tight end is Rob Gronkowski, and he continues to be unsigned. He has said if he's going to play at all in 2022, it will be for the Buccaneers. So, during Tom Brady's media availability on Thursday, an obvious question for Brady was to seek an update on whether his good friend Gronk would be rejoining the team. Here's Brady on Gronk.
2: Tom, you spent some time with Gronk this offseason. How optimistic are you of his return? I think it's just obviously totally up to him, and we'd all you know, love to play with him, but he's got to make the best decision for himself, and he knows that. So, anyone who cares about him knows that he's – Um, you know, he's doing what's right for him, which is, you know, trying to figure it out. And, you know, we don't have training camp for about six weeks, so whatever he's got to do to figure it out. And and I think we'll, you know, be hopeful if he does. And if he doesn't, then, you know, we still got to go out there and figure out what to do.
1: Yeah. Hey, they, they need him. They want him. And you know what I think it comes down to and Gronk is smart enough to not make this the issue publicly, I think that's the first time in my life I've ever said Gronk is smart enough with anything coming after it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, but but I, I think that, that he wants more money. This gets back to the Travis Kelsey versus the top receivers conversation that George Kittle got started a few weeks back. Rob Gronkowski is worth more than the 8, 9 or 10 million dollars that he's gotten per year in recent years. If you've got receivers out there making 25, 27, 29 million, Gronk is at least a 15 million dollar guy if you want him back for another year. He's too good. 67 can still move, makes clutch catches, helps you win championships. I think that that In his mind, and not that he's being greedy per se, but at this age, and you know what? Physical toll arises from playing in the NFL. You got to make it worth my while at this point. I don't need to play. Gronk has never spent any of his football money. He lives off of his endorsements, and he probably has a lot of that money socked away. He doesn't need it. If you're going to pay me eight, nine, ten million dollars for another season of this, it's not worth it if we start getting up into the range of 15 16 17 it's worth it it may be that simple and again it's not a matter of greed it's a matter of what it's going to take to get rob gronkowski to turn his life over to the tampa bay buccaneers from late july until ideally for them the middle of february
3: you know he made 9.25 and 8 million with the bucks and he made another million in incentives last year mike so you're right, he is vastly underpaid for what he is as a tight end because I would argue that he's probably the greatest tight end in NFL history. And, and there's some great tight ends who have played in this game. I mean, we all know who those guys are, but I would rank him probably as the greatest of all time. And, and five years after he retires for good, we know he retired in 2019, he'll be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I'm not as certain, Mike, that it's about money as it is about Gronk just enjoying his life, having a good time. And I guarantee you he's working out right now. I guarantee you he's catching passes from Tom Brady right now. But I know how much he enjoys his off season and doing what he does. He didn't want to show up for that mini camp. And why would you at his age and what he's done? in this league he wants to do other things and have fun and we've seen it we've seen his pictures we've seen the videos everywhere i think he's just having a great time he says forget this i'm not showing up until i have to show up so i think he'll sign before training camp the money may be an issue maybe not i guess we'll find that out when he does sign i do expect him to come back the Bucs right now have $12 million under their salary cap, but we know, as the Rams have shown, you can make anything work. And the Bucs have been very good at those voidable years on the back end of those deals. They'll make this work however much it takes to get Gronk back on this team. But I expect him to be back. Don't you expect him to play this year?
1: F that cap in Tampa Bay. Look, and it may be as simple as I'm not coming back before training camp if it's <laughs> going to be another 10 million dollar compensation package if you really are going to blow me away then i'll sign up for the full off season and mandatory minicamp and whatever else but i really do think at some point money is a factor here it should be why shouldn't it be why should he play for them for less than what he's worth or dramatically less than he's worth i mean i think anything under 20 million is less than he's worth at this point given what he can still do At a key moment. That's what we can't overlook. For as clutch as Tom Brady is in a big moment. Gronk is clutch too. In those big moments. And that's when you. You've put the finishing touches. On a potential championship team. That's when you engineer those margins. We were talking about earlier. In your favor. So you win the game. And you move on to the next level. So I think he'll be there. I think he will. And I think that every football player. Has a different feeling. When you get to late July, early August, the grass starts to have a different smell to it. It's football season again. And you realize the train's going to keep rolling without you. And Gronk has lived through a season where the train rolled without him. He knows that feeling. That was the year he worked for Fox where he looked like he was wearing his dad's suit because he had lost so much weight. He knows what that game is. He knows what that feeling is. And why would you walk away, especially when your guy Tom Brady is still playing? So I I agree with you. I think he'll be back.
3: Well and the Bucks have Cameron Brate, and they drafted two tight ends, but don't let that fool you. The Bucks want him back. Tom Brady wants him back. What Tom wants, Tom usually gets. Gronkowski's gonna play this year. I- I'm gonna be shocked. That'll be one of the biggest shocks I've ever had if if Rob Gronkowski announces he's not playing anymore. Because if he doesn't play this year, Mike, I do think his career's over, and I don't think it's that point yet. Twenty nineteen He still had football left in him. He still has football left in him right now.
1: I still think there would be a chance if he doesn't play this year. Depending upon where Tom Brady goes next year, whether it's broadcast booth or Miami or somewhere else, maybe one last shot of the Gronk signal with a new team. Let's do it with a third team. I think there's going to be some allure to that. Teaming up and winning a Super Bowl with a third franchise, with Tom Brady. But that's 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 down the road on one hand. On the other hand, it's going to be here before we know it. Let's go ahead and take a break. It came before anybody knew it when Devontae Adams was traded to the Las Vegas Raiders. He spoke yesterday about why he chose Derek Carr over Aaron Rodgers. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live.